Scott and Liam versus Evil. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Scott and Liam vs. Evil for 2018. Is that how you say it? <laughs> 2018. Oh, 2018. Yeah. Thanks, what would I do without you? Welcome to attempt one of the introduction <laughs> of Scott and Liam vs. Evil 2018. <laughs> Start as you mean to go on, Liam. Start as you mean to go on. Uh, we're going to have a look back at the brilliant year of... 2017 <laughs> and discuss each of our top 10s did you have a good Christmas? I had a oh, I worked Christmas so it was kind of it was actually Shit. quite shitty this year to be honest with you though. the actual day isn't it? did you have a good new year? Absolutely. you because you were my house I did that was good thank you very much for having me <laughs> you're welcome yeah, you're a good host <laughs> I hope all you out there in earphone land had a good uh, Christmas and new year as well and if you don't celebrate Christmas I hope you had a good Pretend holiday, as you call it. I don't know. Do they do? I don't. Would it be a pretend holiday? Because it's still technically a real holiday. No, yeah, that's true. It's just not Christmas. I don't know. I hope you had a good time. I hope you had a good festive yeah. holiday period. Hope you're still alive and in good health. <laughs> um, so we've come back. So this is nearly. This has got to be like two weeks into January or for longer by the time this episode comes up, and it was mainly it was because it was so difficult to get top tens. Especially because I watched half my top tens <laughs> in the past week. <laughs> <laughs> I found this so hard because there was so much, so many good movies came out in 2017, so many good movies that potentially we had seen and then got like official release dates in 2017, but mm-hmm. we'd seen things at Fright Fest and whatnot, and trying to put a top 10 and then also order your top 10 is, is quite difficult. I know because you're comparing it against other movies that it's not similar to yeah. at all yeah. so it's not really fair to go well yeah that's a better movie because it's meant to be something totally different exactly exactly. Which, this is the first year I've actually really thought and put, or put a lot of thought into my top 10 or top 20 and it's a fucking nightmare <laughs> I don't know if I want to do it again it's tough it, it's I think really if, we're tough. Going to, if we're going to do it again for the end of 2018 obviously we are going to do yeah. it because I do want to but. I'm going to be taking note of all the movies that come out this year at the time and really putting some thought into movies that I've seen I've already got a spreadsheet set up <laughs> and I'm going to put a sentence for each movie as well so when I look back I can actually go right I enjoyed that because like 47 metres down I watched that the other day and the tagline is hmm nice shark <laughs> so now I look back and go well it had a nice shark so maybe it's better than a movie that's not quite a nice I thought, shark I thought you meant the tagline for the actual movie was nice shark <laughs> I'll definitely watch it that was actually brilliant for the, the, the new Jaws poster. Yeah. Jaws, mm, nice shark. <laughs> cool, mate, going to watch it. So, you want to kick off with your number 10? I'll go with my number 10. My number 10 is Killing of a Sacred Deer. Very, very good. Made movie. by the guy who done The Lobster. And again, starring uh, Colin Farrell, who is tremendous in my eyes. Uh, now, I want to tell you one thing. I haven't actually seen this film yet. <laughs> <laughs> I just, oh I just, my <laughs> god! I just know that I'm going to love it. How can you do a top ten? <laughs> See, for all year to watch films, <laughs> and you've had about a month to prepare this, and you still have a movie you've not actually seen in your top ten. It's, do you know? It's, I, I just missed the chance to see it at the cinema. It's not out yet, so. But you can't just put it in your top list. But I because know, you know you're going to. I know it. I'm going to love it. But how do you know you're going to enjoy it in front of the? the 
your number 20 to 11. Well, see, that's the thing, because I put it in number 10, but I know it would have probably made it like a number 3 or 4. But you don't know, because you've not <laughs> seen it. I will come back, and I'll put it in the group, and let you know what I thought of it when I do see it. What, what if now you go back, or you watch it, and you go, ah, it's actually pretty pish. I really hope it isn't pish. There's but what very, if it is? There's a very high possibility that it could be. What if it is, and then you've officially put out that your top 10 is that movie, and it's fucking rotten? But it just seems like that kind of art house kind of movie, and I'm going through such an art house phase right now that I've even stopped wearing socks. <laughs> I can see that actually. <laughs> uh, so your number ten, we can't really discuss it because you've not seen it. Well, you can tell me what you thought of it. Is it in, do you, have you? Did you like it? Is it it might appear list? in my list later, okay. so we'll, we'll, get to that. we'll skip past so, that. What is your number ten? My number ten, and I'm actually I'm quite upset that I've not seen this on anyone else's list because it, for how much I really enjoyed it, is Life, the Alien movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Now, this movie didn't even occur to me to put it in my top 10 because I didn't consider it horror at the time mm-hmm. but only because in retrospect now with you in your list I completely agree that it should be there because it's a fantastic film I think it's the calibre of actor that's in it and it's more sci-fi however that does mm-hmm. sci-fi horror is definitely allowed to be within yeah. the horror subgenre 100% I think it is very subjective where it doesn't need to just say a horror across the poster for it to be yeah. a horror movie oh, yeah. if it makes you feel elements of fear or dread or the like, tension that you would class as horror then no. I think it counts and for me space is scary as fuck <laughs> so by that nature then would you say that passengers could fit in this list I don't I've not seen passengers mm. it's in space no life was was a track not just uh, like Lost in Space with fucking Matt LeBlanc wouldn't make my list because it's just because it's in space it's not a horror film well, yeah well the nature of the, the film is but more the film big. yeah the film has some kind of it has horror elements well, in the, it well um, Ryan Reynolds death scene in it not to yeah. give any spoilers is horrific so it's yeah of course no I fully uh, agree it should be in the list yeah it's a brilliant film it's it's shot well it's acted as you would expect a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Gosling to be acted mm-hmm. And if Ryan Reynolds is in it as well, that's good. And Ryan, <laughs> what did I say? Ryan Gosling. <laughs> He's not in it. He might be in it. Mate, he might be the Canadians, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, aye, it's a really well put together movie. Really, really well crafted. And it gave me the fucking, the spooks at times. Do you know what it was like? It was like the Dead Space video game. Uh-huh. It was a wee bit like that. With some of the, some of the death scenes. And I thought, no man, I don't want to go to space. I'm quite, quite happy never being scary. in space like I, like I want Star Trek to happen in real life but when you actually find out the physics of what space travel involve and how you would just melt and die and get radiation poisoning like instantly so Do, you don't want that to I happen I don't really want that to happen <laughs> no <laughs> I, I don't want to be at sea and I don't want to be in space I just, I'm quite happy that we've evolved into land dwelling creatures yeah. so that's my number 10 life right. and move on to my number 9 we're throwing in a dark song very good very good film does this appear on your list? It does appear on my list, but we can still talk about it now. I do you know what? See when I first watched this because we talked about this on um, one of our earlier episodes. Um, I don't remember which one, to be honest with you. I think I'd watched it and recommended it in one of them kind of close to Christmas episodes. Um, and so I I watched it and on my first watch I wasn't entirely sure that I got it because uh-huh. you know it's the basic premise is. Um, this guy, the guy who's from Sightseers, uh, his name is Steve, uh, Steve Orham. Yep. He um, plays um, a gentleman who can perform a ritual that will allow the female character in the movie to speak with her dead child. 
Um, Watch, you're not giving too much away. I was just going to say spoilers. I, I, I fuck it, I spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, 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 yeah, they're lost. <laughs> they go in, they go into this, they lock themselves in the house, protected by a protective salt ring, and then the, the ritual lasts a matter of days or weeks or so, uh-huh. so long. And it's and we watch it with little to no special effects, if any, if I, if I can recall. And it just seems as if you, you, you play in your head with, is he at it? Is he just really fucked up in the head and he's trying to wind her up and take, or is he like properly trying to take advantage so that he can bang her eventually, <laughs> slip a finger or whatever? Uh, she starts to get really angry halfway through and goes to leave. And he's like, no, I don't, because we'll get sucked into hell. And you're like, well, you're not really sure there's any evidence other than all your fucking weird shit that you're doing. But with this, your CGI special effects comment, I can only assume that like Killing Essie could dear, this is another movie you've not actually watched. <laughs> <laughs> because there's, there's a scene at the end that literally can't be possible <laughs> in real life without special effects. <laughs> Do you know, <laughs> I, I'd realised when I started talking about it that I couldn't remember how this film ends. <laughs> I thought, I can't say this, my second film on my, my list, I don't really know anything about, so I thought I would just try and wing it and hope for the best, but obviously so I what, So what this episode is, is my top 10 in top 10 movies that Scott thinks he might one day like if he ever gets around to watching. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but A Dark Song is... It's good because if you go in blind, it's it's gritty and like you say, you do think he's fucking at it. He's just he is going to bang her. There's literally he can't do any occult ritual at all. Yeah, and you start to think this might actually be a bit of a kidnap movie. Yeah, and then it changes and it, it's it's way darker than you first think, even though it's in the title, a dark song. Yeah. Uh, but no, I really, really enjoyed it. It may appear in my list later. And by that, I mean it does appear in my list later. <laughs> but I'll reveal it at the time. Uh, and your number nine is? My number nine is Freehold. Uh, I put it up on Instagram when I watched it that people should watch it. Yeah. It was really good. I didn't watch it. Uh, of course you didn't. Like the, rest of, <laughs> like the rest of your fucking top ten. Uh, Duncan, actually from Podcast Under the Stairs, recommended uh, a movie called Sleep Tight. It was this it was done for one of the guys that done Wreck is that the one that was done in the it's like a tower block and the, oh, the concierge oh, yeah, just yeah. sneaking into our right. flat oh no yeah I do I've got up upstairs it's uh, a couple of years old isn't it aye aye, aye. That's, so that's basically I've not watched it yet but I've got it Freehold <laughs> free, Freehold's a bit of a, a kind of British imitation of that right uh, but I watched Freehold first thought it was fucking brilliant it was eerie it was creepy pretty much 90% of the way through it I was like what the fuck is going on? What, what is this? It's it's a, a young guy. He's a real estate agent. He's like a cocky. Yeah, as you imagine, a wee a young real estate agent in fucking London, and while he's away, there's a guy living in the walls, and he's using his cereal, and he's he, a lot of things that look fucking disgusting, and it just amps up, it amps up in kind of aggression and like how this guy that's living in the walls is really fucking with his life and. It, Turns out that it's because he's kind of fucked him over. But a really, really good grim film. And a lot of kind of comedic elements where you think, fuck, that could actually happen. Or if I was living in somebody's walls, I'd probably do some of that to wind them up. But a really fun movie when I watch it. And it came, it, for me, it came out of nowhere. I just I seen it and I just think it was Asda. I picked it up. I thought, like that cover, going to give that a go. Uh-huh. Um, and is this the one that um, is also named Two Pigeons? It's also named yeah. Two Pigeons, yeah. Which I think is a stupid title. Yeah. To be honest, the only bits that actually kind of annoyed me throughout the film 
one of the bits that involved pigeons. Right. <laughs> but it's a really, really strong movie and one, much like a lot of the other movies on the list, are movies that kind of stuck with me for a few days after uh-huh. it, that made me feel kind of unsettled and a bit on edge. I'd say they might do the same for you, but you've not watched anything in your list, so... <laughs> Uh, me to give my number 8 now yep uh, is The Black awesome Coat's Daughter or February in or the UK release A Pale of Pish <laughs> oh so you've actually seen this one I have seen this one well done you've seen a movie I loved it see and that's the thing because a lot of people do love it and I think I must have watched a different film because I thought it was rubbish I don't nothing stuck out it's to me it's the one with Joe Roberts his niece. Yeah, and she annoys me anyway because she's going out with Evan Peters from American Horror Story. She battered him. She punches fucking in her <laughs> so she's a bitch. Uh, it's, it's so fucking... It's a slow burn. It's such a slow burn. But I really think the payoff at the end is worth it. Because it, it takes it to a level of darkness that, although it's kind of hinted at the whole way through, I didn't really anticipate it to be as dark as it as it ended. I really enjoyed it. The acting was fucking second class, man. It wasn't second class, it was first class. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant to say there was second to none. The acting was brilliant. And the look of the movie, the way it was shot, especially for you going through an art house phase, I'm quite surprised you didn't well, quite enjoy this as I much. I think I might go back and give it a second. You've not watched it, have you? No, I definitely <laughs> have. They get stuck in the boarding school and... Um, That's a different movie. Somebody's in the bath at one point. <laughs> I don't remember the bath bit, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah that's my number eight is the black coat's daughter um my number eight is a movie that we missed on our first opportunity to see it and i think we i'd loved it even more if we'd seen it and it's hounds of love this is the movie that played at fright fest last year it was second to last on the saturday night and we decided that this was the movie we would take a break from and stretch our legs because it's quite painful to sit in those seats for the whole um, two days like uh-huh. constantly in movies which we're lucky enough this time that we managed to get the aisle seats so fucking leg stretches all up and down this <laughs> business but uh, so we sat out in the bar and we spanked through two bottles of wine yeah. each yeah and was a lot we went back in absolutely hammered to the to the last movie but it turned out that everyone's favourite movie from the weekend was Hounds of Love and we were the fucking four Egypts that sat out and missed it <laughs> So I got a chance to see it, and it turns out that, yeah, it would probably be my favourite from the weekend as well, because it was fantastic. It would be, in fact, I'm going to not talk about my opinion on Hounds of Love, because it will ruin <laughs> later, so I'll leave that, because I've got a lot to say about Hounds of Love. But, yeah, maybe this year, let's not miss any movies. Absolutely not, yeah. Because two of the ones we missed from, like, Thursday night and that have appeared on my list, whereas yeah. the other things I've seen at Fright Fest, none of them appear on my list. I am up for seeing uh, everything. So that's number... That was your number eight? That was my number eight. So number seven is Super Dark Times on Netflix. I actually only watched it maybe two weeks ago when I seen a few other groups talking about it. And, oh, what a film. What see, a film. I, I, I heard about this as well and I wanted to see it and then I seen it was up on Netflix but I've not had a chance to really properly power through some movies but I'm night shift this week so like I've got a lot of time. Uh-huh. Like, that I can just sit and just watch it so hopefully I'll this I think you will if you ever actually watch it you will enjoy it because it's very Stand By Me and Mean Creek right. in it's style and uh, I kind of coming of age just fucking every movie on my list is just dark <laughs> like really dark gritty it 
reminds you of your childhood, but obviously not 100%, because then you'd begin done for murder. But there's a lot, just the relationships between the kids. And I thought the way they act, the way, the way they were with each other, was very, very strong. And the same as the, the new remake of It, which doesn't appear on my list, because I had a lot of problems with it, but the one thing I did like about it was the way the kids interacted with each other. Yeah. And that's the same in Super Dark Times. Like, I can believe that they are friends. I can believe that... Like Stand By Me and like... Like Stand By Me. Just the, the way, way, the things the kids say, the things they they talk about, the way they act around girls and stuff, I, I can empathise with it all. And it kind of sucked me in into what is quite a bleak, a, a bleak film. So that is... The, Definitely my number seven. My number seven? It's probably is... a movie that comes out next year. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like trying it. to write down, uh, get some, some extra information. I realise I don't I didn't have any extra information. Uh, my number seven is uh, Gerald's Game from okay. Netflix this year. And I put it on my list because I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> I I put it on my list because um, as you know if you listen to this podcast often you know that there's a running joke that I'm a slow reader now I'm a slow reader and I've only read you know however many books and Stephen King is my favourite author it will be the book you know his books are the ones that I'll go to Gerald's Game was one of the ones that I read Mm -hmm. in a short amount of time it's a shorter novel than say like The Shining or um, it but uh, it is still have you read it? (laughs) I read it (laughs) it is uh, Gerald's Game was still a good a good uh, book so when I seen that it was coming to the movie I thought fuck aye this is quite good because I, I like you obviously if you've seen it if you've read the book first then you can watch the movie and it's brilliant you can't do it I don't find you can do it the, the other way around I don't think you can watch the movie and then read the book because you always, met, your brain is also t- already telling you how it should go no maybe it's maybe for people who read do that bit <laughs> maybe for people who aren't going <coughs> to be slow <laughs> uh, so but Jello's game so when, it, when the movie came out um I just I watched it and I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a brilliant performance by both the lead characters, by um, Carla Gugino, I think her name is, and um, the guy whose name escapes me. Um, Gerald. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just fantastic. The way that she was able to, they were able to act it and the difference between her thoughts and her real life and then, you know, obviously that one scene at the end where she mm-hmm. kind of escapes is, is brutal. But they did kind of leave out a bunch of the child abuse for the book. Um, they, they, they discussed how her dad kind of took out the red clips or something they sat with her and cuddled her but Stephen King fully describes how the dad puts on a lap and he jizzies and she feels the jizz up against her leg so that's Stephen King for you so <laughs> and that's why you like his books <laughs> well, uh, I disagree with you about the, the book thing because a lot if I've watched the movie or the TV series and I went back and read the book I still usually find that I enjoy the book more because it goes into more information that's a wider story I think at all times the book's always better I think that might be something that I have actually changed in recent years now that I think about it because it's something I always thought you can't read a book after you've watched the film but I've read The Shining and I read it after seeing Jack Nicholson version uh-huh. and the 90s TV version of, of both those respectively and I read them after I've seen them and I was able to you know, finish them and get a, get, get a new experience from the story than mm-hmm. from watching the movie so I know you probably can't read the books after watching the films um, but yeah, Gerald's Game it was uh, my number seven. Six. Seven? Is I'll it? Listen, I'll listen on my phone. Give me a, <laughs> give me a second. Uh, Gerald's Game is my number seven. Seven. So now we're on to my number six, which is A Dark Song. So 
Men's to you found it better. Yeah, I found it better. I, I seriously, seriously enjoyed it. There was the the kind of CGI bit at the end. We kind of touched on. I'm going to need to go back it. and watch this again to figure out the CGI. The bit fact that you, the fact that you can't remember that bit makes me think that you have literally never watched this film. And no, I watched life. the film because I thought the film it was one of those make up your own mind whether it was a real ritual or not. But uh, by the sounds of what you're telling right, me, right, do you know what? Is, yeah, right. Spoiler <laughs> if you want to see Dark Song, turn this off for the next 30 seconds. Scott at the end of it, there's a giant fucking 18 foot angel <laughs> kneeling in the hall, looking at her, like our guardian angel. Ah. He's all golden. You actually text me after watching it saying, What the fuck was the angel? Did I? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> see, my memory's not so good. <laughs> so that, that the, the angel part. I get it that it was you're expecting a really bleak ending throughout that film and it doesn't it ends in quite a kind of a light note yeah but I just think they could have done it maybe a little a little bit different they wouldn't look as cheesy uh-huh. but my overall enjoyment of the film was still way surpassed my enjoyment in a lot of films this year and still gets it it's fucking pride of place at number six well there's there, then you could look at it as the whole um, people who believe in angels like they they they'd literally live their life believing in angels and ask like the Archangel Gabriel and Archangel Michael for help in different things and different angels help you in different parts of your life different stresses job interviews luck um, needing support all these different things people use it as a but they don't need to be the size of Godzilla Neil and well, Neil <laughs> well it depends I mean you, you don't, you know, whether you see them or not but maybe that's actually how it works but then that makes me think that so everyone in heaven is fucking huge. Everyone's like eighteen foot high. I don't. I don't believe that. <laughs> you think the amount of people in heaven they would need to be like eighteen centimeters high so that everybody <laughs> could fit in, wouldn't you? Probably not. No. People. People nowadays aren't going to heaven. We're we're nah, 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 That is a good point. That is true. <laughs> uh, so that's my number six. My number six is a cure for wellness, mm-hmm. and that is the Gore Verbinski movie um, that was at Fright Fest. Uh, last year that we missed it was on the Thursday but they, to be fair on that one they sell the Thursday night tickets separately so it's not like we could have went we'd had to have bought extra tickets to go uh, but we still did think about it and well, we still decided I, to not go. I think I'll take the blame of that I heard someday I don't know who it was. I actually think it was Ken Fisher but I could be wrong said ah oh, it's rubbish so because do you know what that rings a bell I think it was Fisher I'm, I'm it was sure Fisher. it was him and I'm so easily convinced that I heard that and went I don't want to go see it. It's meant to be pish. I shouldn't have done... We should have been to see it. If I'd watched the trailer, rather than make such a snap judgement, we would have been there because the trailer was Just that wee tune alone would have got me in. Yeah. yeah so that was a Midsummer Murders I kind of thing. <laughs> but you know, you get the idea. So, so far in your top ten, you've got Midsummer Murders because it's the you fucking watched. <laughs> uh, I watched Midsummer Murders one time, me and uh, Lauren went to a caravan and we put it on just because we were after we walked the dog and before we went back out for dinner. And we were just sitting watching it and we we're like, alright, so we're going to get to the climax of this soon. Like, after watching a half an hour. Those things are on for like two and a half hours an episode. Lauren thought that later on in the caravan as well. <laughs> boom, boom, <laughs> I bet she never has to wait. <laughs> <laughs> hey. So that was, that's number 26 then? That's our, that's the first My, half of our list. See, because, right, to put listeners in a, the kind of scene here, me and Scott have been thinking about this list for weeks. Yeah. We've came to record. We still haven't actually settled on the list and I've had to take some stuff out that uh, aren't horrors. 
So my numbers are all over the place and that's also why I can't fucking keep track <laughs> everywhere. We so we're all, we've done 10, 9, 8, 7 and 6. Yes. And so you've watched one movie. Yeah. <laughs> right, cool. So let's take a break here. We gather our thoughts and make sure our top five is the shit. Broadcasting from the Cursed Earth, the Psycho-Semantic Cast. Let us face without panic the reality of our time. The fact that atom bombs may someday be dropped on our cities. And let us prepare for survival by understanding the weapon that threatens us. To have a, uh, an ignorant, uh, thin-skinned megalomaniac uh, who sends off uh, you know, Twitters at 3 a.m. if somebody angered him. The neo-Nazis turning up in Washington, D.C. to have a rally saying, Heil Trump. We talk about politics. I knew I couldn't trust you corporate greaseballs. We talk about movies. You can't come down here and arrest people just because of what they look like. Are you crazy? But that's police harassment. We talk about political movies. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. They're all around us and we never knew them. You can only see them with these special glasses. The Psycho Semanticast. And listeners, if you uh, have your own podcast, if you have anything you want to plug, if you're in a band, if you have any music that fits in with our show, then send it to us and we'll play it in between us talking shite. So, now, the illustrious... Top five. The superior... The, the brilliant top five. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? In fact, I think I should go first just because it ties in from the first part. Okay. Where my number five is the movie that I made us miss at Fright Fest, yeah. A Cure for Wellness. And what did you think of A Cure for Wellness? Directed by Gore Verbinski. Yes. The, the Ring and pretty much nothing else that was that good that he kind of started going downhill. This, I think, is a fucking proper return to form because... I love this. It's long as fuck, but the soundtrack is brilliant. It's shot spectacularly. It's acted spectacularly. And with the end part, I just kept getting a universal monsters vibe. That's the thing, that was something you took away from it that I didn't that I didn't take away, but then you're probably a bigger Universal Monsters fan than I am but it's because it's black and white and you refuse to watch black and white <laughs> well, films that's it actually you refuse to watch fucking colour films <laughs> as well now but uh, but yeah there was, de- there was definitely a vibe where it was just this kind of doomed character and the kind of face off at the end it, it did and under the tunnels it just felt yeah it felt very universal about no, it. Was that on purpose? Has that been like admitted to by government? I've, not, knows that? I've not is read that just the way that you took it. I've not read anything on it, but the way my head works is I only, I only construct opinions based on things I've overheard. <laughs> so somebody must have said it somewhere. But it just, yeah, I liked it and I was enjoying it a lot. And I was watching it with Lena and I was like, I'm really liking the mood of this movie. It's good. You can say the story's silly or whatever. Uh, I know there's a lot of detractors to this film, but when that bit then happened at the end, I was like, I'm fucking fully on board with this. I was like, this is just a, this is now a monster movie, yeah. and it's a long time since there's been a successful kind of rendition of a monster movie. Yeah. Uh, much like Glenwood del Toro's new one that's come out, The Shape of Water. Uh-huh. I can't fucking wait for that, and I'm just going to say it now that there's a bit like you. It's already my top 10 in 2018 <laughs> and it'll take a lot to beat it, this movie that I've not seen. <laughs> so yeah, my number five is A Cure for Wellness. My number five is the movie that brought a massive resurgence to horror for the cinema. It broke box office records left, right and centre. 
and it the hype much like the hype for Blair Witch which I hold in really high regard the hype for this movie was so great leading up to it everybody knew when it was coming out everybody knew what date it was coming out there was a movie that came out after it that, um, that I, I missed because I was like is that even out yet I don't know mm-hmm. this movie we know what, we're talk- what I'm talking about Paddington 2 <laughs> Stephen King's <laughs> It the lead up to that the wee snippets of just the balloon with five days to go four days to go yeah. I'm like oh wow I cannot fucking wait I went on opening night well, specifically to see this because I could not wait any longer. Now, it hits at number five because there was debate afterwards of is it a horror? Is it a coming uh-huh. of age adventure story? Is it Stand By Me with an evil clown? Like, where, where is it? And uh-huh. it is all those things but it still is a horror movie because there is elements all the way through. It was the, the, the kids are going through horrific mm-hmm. things that's happening. You know, they're dying. They're getting, you know, the first actual opening scene is the wee boy gets his arms ripped off. So it's the, the, aim, the aim of the movie is still to scare. So uh-huh. it's, it's a horror. It's definitely a horror. And the thing is, because I don't know if you know, but I've read the book. So <laughs> no, nobody knows. <laughs> you get like, again. <laughs> by reading the book, you get a kind of sense of of what the story is, what it is, and where it comes from. And it's not the clown. It is an evil entity pretending to be a clown to try and lure kids in. So when you get scenes of him, his face changing to be all the, the teeth, and when you get scenes of him doing the dance, like on the stage show uh-huh. thing towards the end, people laugh and say, oh, that's crap. But you need to have been in the book with Stephen King there, you know, when all the kids were fucking each other. You, you, wanted to, you had to be there in the sewer with them. Not fucking them, but like just <laughs> understanding why they were fucking each other. That would have made a totally different movie. <laughs> and actually, that would be my number one then. It, it didn't make it on my list at all. Not because it's not horror or anything like that. Just because, as much as I enjoyed the coming age, but the CGI, and I know it's cliche because a lot of folk are complaining about it, it did, it, it took some of it away from me. It took the old kind of fear I had of Pennywise and made it silly, which is probably not fair because if I watched the new it for the first, saw the old it for the first time at this age, I'd probably think that was fucking stupid. Yeah, I think that people's love for Tim Curry's performance seems to be not ungrounded but certainly given higher praise than I think it deserves not that it was not good and not that Tim Curry's not fantastic or you know before he was took up a strokes and left in a wheelchair but um, in fact he's still in movies now in fact was he not back in Rocky Horror in the wheelchair as the as the yeah, scientist in the wheelchair yeah, there was... so he's still got a sense of humour but <laughs> <laughs> but I just think that all he did he was a clown he was dressed up as a clown and that was it like what I mean Andy could have done that yeah I, I still think his performance was great but it was good yeah it was but I it, also think the Bill Skarsgård's performance was fantastic as well it was it was good in the bits that it was him and not a computer version yeah. of him the Tim Curry original Pennywise performance is much like Heath Ledger's Joker performance very strong performance very very good but is it as good as everyone makes out if Heath Ledger hadn't died would he have won the would, Oscar? probably not would people think the Joker was the, like the fucking epitome of acting? no no they wouldn't have because if what's his face Sid died Tom Hardy died then Bane would have been the epitome yeah, and nobody could understand what he was fucking saying that's so I, I think that maybe the old Pennywise has a bit of that about it yeah Although, I, yep, I agree but uh-huh. still a great movie the new app is still good and it broke records for a reason, but it's not in my top 10. So even my, in fact, no, it's in my top 20. I think it came in at number uh, 13. Mm. So it actually narrowly missed the top 10. Yeah. Sorry, it. 
Number four, I have your number ten, but I've actually seen it. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, it's the killing of a sacred deer. So have more discussion, however. Keep the spoilers to a minimum, please. Yeah, I, uh, I actually only watched it two days ago. Uh-huh. So t- again, my top ten. I've watched a lot of them in 2018 because I'm trying to watch as many movies as possible this year. But oh, it's it's such a good film. It's so weird and obscure. And then by the end, you're like, I'm, it's going to be days before I shake this. That's but, what I'm fully looking for. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Like, see, like, say, like, Colin Farrell and In Bruges. Now, In Bruges is obviously more of a dark comedy, uh-huh. but the way that that's written and the way that that's acted is that's that's slightly on the verge of art house and that's what I kind of kind of got me kind of into these kind of movies. The Lobster, have mm-hmm. you seen that? Yeah, is is the so same, is the same writer director of um, Killing of a Sacred Deer. So it's 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 bonkers. It's weird, but it's also like darkly comedic and quite like warm. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You've got all this kind of different parts in it, and the Killing of a Sacred Deer. It just seems as if it's got loads, loads of different kind of ways to make a film that I want to watch and appreciate like they say like it's, it's purposely acted deadpan the way that they give the lines it's uh-huh. almost like so if you don't know what you're talking if you don't know what you're talking about you could be like going in and watching it and be like that's shite the acting's terrible but uh-huh. it's done on purpose yeah. you know and it's all these different things for a reason so it's aye there's definitely definitely dark comedy throughout it and then it just takes this kind of it takes a few sinister turns but it's still that like, like Wes Anderson films see like the Royal Tenenbaums and stuff yeah. it's all so quirky uh, I can't remember I, in fact I can't even pronounce the director's name the, the Greek name so I, I can't say it uh, but all his films have that quirkiness a lot yeah. of them they share like the same kind of quirkiness but uh, it's, it's, it's a brilliant film I really really enjoyed it Colin Farrell's great in it but like you after in Bruges Colin Farrell's great and everything. Colin Farrell is tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. Have you seen the new film yet from the guy that wrote and directed Embrush? Yeah. I want to because it's getting hot to for Oscars. Yes. I don't think I'm going to like it as much as Embrush because I just think the cat, the the cast in it, uh-huh. even though they're all fantastic, like um, Sam Rockwell and Francis McDermott and uh, Woody Harrelson, fantastic, fantastic actors. Mm-hmm. But I think they just take it to to me. They're going to take it to like a more mainstream. Hot, yeah, mainstream thing. level. Maybe I'm wrong. Because Enrage was brilliant. Seven Psychopaths was fucking brilliant. That was alright. I, I didn't really watch oh, that more than once. Oh no, uh, Seven Psychopaths is amazing. It definitely deserves a rewatch. Yeah. And I'm looking forward, I'm actually looking forward to it. I think my brother's seen it and said yeah. it's good. So, I yeah, definitely forward to, to that. Uh, so, that's my number <laughs> five? Four? Number four? Four? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's your number, number four. Yeah. Four actually was was Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine, but after talking about it with you, it probably doesn't fall under the horror category at all. Yeah, even though it's, it's done like by a brutal crime thriller kind of thing. Aye, and it's but uh, the only reason I'm bringing it up now is it touches on what you just said there that if you don't really if you watch it not really fully understanding what it is, then you write it off. Uh-huh. I've been told two or three times before I seen Brawl and Cell ninety nine, like ah oh, I watched it as shit. Vince Vaughn can't fight or oh, the effects look pish but it's done deliberately like the the, the gore is done like a, a 70s it's done 70s practical effects to make it look like an old 70s fucking grindhouse prison film yeah and people aren't like 
idiots aren't quite grasping that. Yeah. They're watching it going, oh, but he's so wouldn't he carry fight? No, but the guys in the 70s prison films couldn't fight, uh-huh. and it's done in that style, but as if it's been told today, it's such a fucking good film, and if you've not seen it, I definitely recommend I'm watching desperate, it. desperate to see it. But it's obviously, it's not a horror, so that's why my list's fucked up. So, in at number three... No, I've not given my four yet. Oh, have you not? No. Sorry. My number four takes us back to Fright Fest again. Last last year? The year before? Last, well, but last year. Transfiguration? Was last year. Um, this is a, a movie uh, directed by Michael O'Shea, who came to Fright Fest to introduce his movie, and starring two young actors, Eric Ruffin and Chloe Levine. And I just, it was like very art house again. Mm-hmm. Loved it. It was, it was just all kind of character study. It was dialogue. It was long shots, like on the subway with the sound effects round about you, like the mm-hmm. what is going to round about them. And basically it's like described as like Martin, like the Romero mm-hmm. movie, is he a vampire, is he not a vampire? So it's that idea and, and it takes a lot of old movies and the name drops all the different, from Twilight, Nosferatu, um, all the different movies and just focuses on this young boy, Milo, who's got a fucked up life, basically, no parents, and a brother who's got PTSD for the like the Afghan war, and he's just left his own devices in a depressive neighbourhood with gangs and all the rest of it, and he's just gets sucked right into vampire culture to the point where he believes he is one. Mm-hmm. Or is he one? How, how come this made your top five? Like... What, what when, did you like about it so much? When I was doing my list and I'd put all these all the movies into my list and tried to figure out what order or whether they should be in my list, I, I basically my criteria was do I want to watch it again? Mm-hmm. And I bought or Trans- watch it for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought Transfiguration. <laughs> uh, I bought it as soon as it was it was out, so I could watch it. And and I really would watch it again. I'd watch it multiple uh-huh. times. It's one of those movies that if I had like an hour and a half on, maybe even a night like this. And I just stick it on, and I would just sit, and it would be on. Maybe even in the background eventually, because I've seen it a few times. But just the whole feel of the movie makes me already nostalgic for Fright Fest, which I love. Aye. It's one of my favorite weekends of of the year. Um, so I, I enjoyed the movie, and it makes me think of that sitting that watching it in that theater. So I was just interested because I've seen it appear on a few lists, but it wasn't even near my top twenty because I had just at Fright Fest I wasn't keen on it. No, like I thought it was good, but. I think it dragged out in places mm-hmm. for me that I, I wasn't. So it's just interesting to hear what you thought. And being the only movie you've actually watched in the top <laughs> 10, <it's, laughs> I just wanted a bit more for you. So, number three. Wait, can I just put my number three in? Because you've literally just said a line from the movie I've got in my number <laughs> right, okay. I need more from you. What I, is it? I need more from you. It is Kristen Stewart breaking out from the Twilight chains and starring in a fantastic movie called Personal Shopper. I seen this movie. Just say no, this didn't even come fucking close to my top three. <laughs> this movie, again, I went to see it, and this is like one that was, it was a night that it, I think it's it discussed in an earlier episode when I went to see it. Um, Lauren and I went out, date night. We went to Nando's, and everybody said, Oh, well done, going to Nando's. That's what you said at the time, but it was, her, it was her choice. We got a bottle of wine in Nando's, we went to Flat Zero One, no, we went to Lucky 37, and uh, got another bottle of wine. Uh-huh. went in by this point we were steaming and went into the, the GFT and sat in the small room it was screen 2 it was the smaller uh-huh. one and watched it um, in there and Lauren just passed out on me and I was just like fuck <laughs> and I was sitting and there was like this really obnoxious couple in the row that we chose that sat at the edge and we had to walk pa- I had to walk past them once to take them the water and they were just such fucking art house <laughs> dicks man it was like it was like you pricks 
<laughs> but I sat and watched the film and I was just sucked into the whole story. Some of the CGI effects when when like she's trying to find the ghost of her dead brother because they were both mediums and they were twins and he died and she's trying to see if you can make contact. So there's a there's a couple of wee CGI parts that just uh, they don't fit. I think it's like compared to the movie, all the wee the wee subtle uh, nuances that's going all the way through of is the ghost there? Is it just coincidence? And then you see the CGI parts and it's like kind of cheapens it almost just very uh. slightly. But there's the the the, the contrast of her going through her life uh, as well as like having this job this really well paid job just buying clothes for this really rich woman who's no time to do it for herself the fact that she's sick of her life and she's fed up and she's just trying to find like her brother's died she's just like there must be something else because where's the point and everything and it, and it really so I just enjoyed it that would take me out a that would end my suspension of disbelief her being a personal shopper because she dresses like an eight-year-old skater boy. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I don't believe that M2 would want her to buy their clothes. Do you know what I've actually... I've not even seen all the personal shopper for as much as I've been slating it because I just can't... I can't get behind Kirsten shirt. It's just something about her. You can get in front of her though when she takes her tap off and gets her tatas out. She also goes to town on herself in the bed at one point so there's <laughs> something for everybody. So is that what you were watching while Lauren was passing next to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, there's... And I've tried, and it's not just because she was in Twilight, because I literally don't care about that. I think she's just a lawyer delivery is so deadpan and wooden. That yeah. A bit like Keanu Reeves in a lot of films. Yeah. I just, I don't buy it. I don't get how they are as successful as they are. But it's maybe just not for me. But I just I can't think about wanting to spend time sitting watching her for an hour and a half, even if her tits are out. <laughs> So, I'm going to watch it over the 365 day movie thing I'm doing. I'm going to watch it. And I might then change my opinion. Yeah, I think you should. But, well, I don't think you should change your opinion if you don't like it, you don't like it. But I think you should definitely watch it. it is. I will watch it because I've been giving you a hard time about it, which isn't fair considering I've not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, my number three is, and I hummed and hawed about my two and three. And actually, kind of my number one as well. Like, I didn't know what order to put them in. And I've now settled on it. And I'll probably regret this tomorrow because it'll change again. But number three is A Ghost Story. Casey Affleck, Rooney Mara. Is it a horror film? Probably not. But the way it made me feel after and the way I've still felt, even now, days after watching it, there's just something uneasy about it and something. It's weird in the back of my head. And I think that then constitutes a horror film because it's playing on like a fear or just it's playing in your beliefs in a kind of dark way. And yeah, it's a fucking brilliant film. I've got uh, a lot to say about that film, but I'll, I'll hod them off for okay. a couple of seconds. <laughs> what is your number two? My number, you know, give, give your number three. I get personal shopper. Was that number four? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> terrible, absolutely terrible. This <laughs> number two is how do you love? Oh yes, well, Which, that was my number eight. So you've put it up really I high. So up, so I I I could argue for it being number one. It was fucking grim. It was so well, grim. It was grim, wasn't it? And it was and it was like set in the seventies or the eighties, and it was so there was that kind of. And just sometimes about those kind of rural Australian accents and like the kind of Wolf Creek style guy, but without mm-hmm. like being the ridiculously over the top killer, these are kidnapping rapists and it's yeah. like brutal. But that, and this 
and then I watched Killing Ground on film four mm-hmm. the other night. Australian horror is the fucking darkest shit there is. Aye. It's I, I couldn't believe watching this film how how much it got to me. Just it just looked so real. Like we could literally that could have been a biopic we were watching. These real I know it's based on a true story, but oh. it was just and it's not even gratuitous. It wasn't. It, it's about if you know it's, it's seen it. Uh, a couple kidnap this young schoolgirl and to get she's basically got to try get between them or like split them up to have some chance of escaping. Yeah. And it's not even that over the top violent. It's not showing you a lot of things. It's uh-huh. more just suggestive and that my head's a dark place. Just suggest making me sorry making me suggest what's happening behind that door. Is way darker than you can show me, and it fucked me. And for days I was thinking about it, and I still want to watch it again. But I'm just going to take maybe another week to yeah. to calm down. Before I really wish we out. had seen it in the fight fest oh, scenario. hundred yeah. percent. That's why this year's fight fest. Let's actually make sure we see everything. Because do you want to know what it is? But talking about like people who who get movies understand what they're supposed to be. For the most part, the fright fest audience. Oh, it gets what they're there to see, uh-huh. and they will sit and they'll they'll appreciate it. Even if they don't like the movie, they'll be quiet and watch it, so that other people can fully get the experience. Whereas, you know, you maybe will go in like a generic cinema and they'll they'll be like, I write or laugh or Aye. just get sucked out and talk through it. The fight fest audience just fully respect and yeah, and the movies. I think what led us obviously to avoid this is because the movie selection for fight fest last year was very. I'm not going to say poor, but it wasn't for a, a, a horror-based audience. Yeah. There was like kids' fantasy adventure, and so it's a yeah. fact there was a lot of maybe cancellations and to change movies. Uh-huh. So by this point, on the Saturday night, we were like, right, the chances are this isn't going to be a horror. It's not going to be one that we want to watch anyway. Yeah. And that is just unfortunate because it's... Uh, yeah. It's actually maybe in my top 10 movies of all time. I, I really... Well, that's maybe top 20. But it was just so... It just got to me. It was so fucking dark. Yeah. And it ends with Joy Division. So it, <laughs> it's just, it, as soon as so, you put Joy Division in there, then that's it. Uh, I'm yeah. a lover. My number two is Get Out. Oh, number two. Yes. Mm, that's controversial. Why is it your number two? Why is it, why is it on your list? I think it's on my list because, again, with it, Get Out also had a massive, massive response from the viewing community, the horror community, the the general movie-watching community. Um, The fact that it was put up to award ceremonies as a comedy at one point, but Jordan Peele, the director, also said, well, I'm putting it in as a documentary. Um, I think he's just been playing a bit sarcastic of, well, if you're calling it a comedy, I'm calling it this. But there was just... It's one of those films. It it um play it plays on multiple watches and gives you a little bit more every time you watch mm-hmm. it. And that if you if you get a movie that can give you more each time you watch it, that is that a movie that's done yeah. done well in my eyes. And for being Jordan Peele's directorial debut, that is a brilliant film. I I'll just give it away. It's my number one. It's get your out. number one. And I hummed and hawed, but Get Out is. It's not just the way it made me feel, it's just how clever it was. How, like you say, there's so many things that when you watch back, you go, fuck, ah, I should have noticed that, I should have noticed that. And then you watch it again and go, and I should also have noticed that, that yeah. and that. It's just so well put together. And anyone I've recommended it to has loved it. 
whether they're from the horror community or not and even though it's such a widely known movie now you still get folk going what's that yeah. get out and they watch it and no matter what they're a fan of everyone finds something in it to enjoy something in it to, to like fucking connect with it's also the fact that from the outset for you look at it from what it looks like in the trailer or whatever you get to see you think it's a, a film about racism mm-hmm. and for, you know for a point it is but if every time you say if you people think oh it's about racism you instantly think it's going to be about this white family kidnapping a black guy yeah. and like sort of whatever else and like attacking them for being black mm-hmm. but what it does do is kind of flips that again in its head and it's still racist but it's what you possibly could call I don't know if this is a term but positive racism like by saying black people are faster they've got you know you know they're more yeah, athletic they get bigger dicks whatever it is that's positive stuff but that's still singling people out because not every black person is fast and not every black person is stronger it's still, it's still you know, playing so you're stereo, it's still yeah, stereotypes a group out based on stereotypes yeah, yeah. so it's so, it's, so it does kind of flip it on its head and then obviously there's the the kind of science fiction element that's in there as well the kind of no supernatural because you do get hypnotism but right well it's yeah. like properly like it takes it to the you know the next level when you get to the end scenes aye but they don't they don't take it away from the movie that that last part when you get the kind of twist and the turn and you realise what is actually going on with these these rich white families and what they're doing with the black folk it's still within the realms of the, the story mm-hmm. it's obviously it's it's not realistic but it is also it's not but realistic it's when still, you get to the end it's still whether it could happen or not at no point are you thinking oh that's all the shit like that's all made up yeah, it's still it's still within the realms of the story. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's a it's a brilliant film, and I, I honestly don't think there's like a a certain number of watches that you could get through before it got boring. I think it's a movie that's always going to be yeah. interesting. It's always going to be a fun watch, and it's always going to be there in years from now. Like the way people talk about Clockwork Orange and stuff like that, it's going to be a movie that it's got such a big following. And means so much to so many people just for how fucking hard hitting yeah. it is and funny. Yep, yeah, there's and elements of everything in it, yeah. Shot fucking brilliantly, acted brilliantly. It's, it's, aye, it's, it's definitely number one. A masterpiece. Aye, it really is, it's, it's outstanding. So, what's your number one then if Get Out's not? My number one is a ghost story. Oh. And it's a ghost story because um, I was I was on the night shift when I seen this. Um, it was on. Uh, I think it was on one of the, the boxes and obviously I don't like to watch movies that aren't yeah. legally bought but uh, the night shift's a long, a long night so I was just sitting flicking through with this so guy to be a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> flicking through what this guy had on his, on his box and I found it and I thought oh, I've heard this stuck it on and was able just to sit and watch it with no distractions uh, mm. like, other than obviously doing my work but, but um, <laughs> just watching this movie all the way through I was just taken in by everything that I thought that it was trying to say what the idea of a ghost is a ghost isn't kicking about saying like screaming about what happened to them it's it, it's, it's an energy that eventually forgets why it was even there in the first place mm-hmm. it is um like trying to find the reason to move on and when you kind of got that ending you don't find out what it is that he sees you're like oh, that it makes it even better it's infuriating <laughs> it's infuriating when he half he almost sees it like halfway through the movie uh, and then see when he sees it at the very end but you don't get to see it they're like oh do you know what i don't even care i'm just happy that he yeah. got it the the only thing that I maybe won't enjoy watching for a second time when I get to own the movie because it's released today, today. I believe the fifteenth. Um, the only thing I won't like to watch again is the pie scene. I think like they did go on just slightly mm-hmm. too long, and the noise of the fork hitting the bottom just kind of like was like uh, uh, every time it happened, I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of annoying me. But other than that, I thought it was a flawless, flawless movie. Yeah, it's 
it's so totally different to 95% of movies out there yeah and it's a bit like Marmite you're either going to love it or you're going to yeah. hate it I, I don't think, think there's anything that's going to be middle ground in a I think story. it's like being kind of art housing being kind of slightly different I will fully understand if people say I don't like it it's boring mm-hmm. because I tell people before they watch it like like nothing happens, I mean, happens 95% of the time there is no dialogue mm-hmm. it's just a guy standing on a sheet and I want to know if it's actually Casey Affleck apparently under the sheet. it was aye good and then they, t- they built him up we I can't remember what it was to, to get that shape boy to uh-huh. wear certain things so it is him and the sheet the whole time and he's just standing there just watching and forgetting and then and it's like it's so it's so weird and so sad at the same time that he's that his wife moves on and a new family comes into his house and he's like already thinking I don't know why you're here and he, he's standing in the kitchen and by the time he walks to the living room to see what they're doing like they've already moved out and the next family like 20 years later has come in and he's like it's, it's time he just completely disappears to him after that and this is I'm going to throw in a wee bit just now talking about like get out it gets like multiple watches you get extra things and talking about the other now like ghost story playing with time we watched Six Sense again last night from uh-huh. like all the way through and obviously that's another movie that gives you more when you know it's the ending mm-hmm. so you can see different wee parts that you don't notice before Bruce Willis says at one point when he comes late to the dinner or uh, if you haven't seen it spoilers Bruce Willis is a ghost <laughs> um, he says when he gets to the dinner like because he thinks that he's late he's like uh-huh. oh sorry I've had really trouble keeping track of time and I thought that's like a ghost story because Casey Affleck has no mm. concept of time because it's just flying away from him because he's, he's not within the real world anymore I just loved it it's stuck with me it's still with me and I just can't wait to watch it again I'm actually I'm getting the Blu-ray soon I don't know when it's getting shipped out but I've still got it in my Sky store and I have been humming on every night just like I'm going to watch it again alone nothing happens yeah. it's just the way it makes you feel yeah absolutely it's so fucking it's like transcendent I'm so happy that you said you liked it Stephen because I, I, I knew you were going to say that the personal shopper was shit but I'm so happy that you thought the ghost story yeah, was good when I, when I messaged her I said I've just watched ghost story and I just left it <laughs> and I thought right I'm going because I, I, I knew you'd think I hated it but it's actually kind of also relaxing in a way yeah. see because the music's good mm-hmm. in it and just the way it's shot that you can just watch it and zone out and it takes you to places that a movie's never really took me to before. I can't. I can't believe how good it is. Yeah. And although I do think Get Out deserves to be number one, a Ghost Stories a movie that I will keep revisiting, and I think it will just get better every time, just yeah. for what it is. Even that wee monologue in the middle with the the guy that's talking about how you're making a, an impact in life, or you, you leave something. Yeah. So. You, you leave a song for future generations but it doesn't matter the world's going to all end anyway uh-huh. and come back I mean it's just it's such an interesting it's a, a very interesting concept for a movie and it's executed perfectly because you imagine when they brought that to like the producers or whatever and says right here's the story and the script is like, like four pages long and they're like well, how long is the movie <laughs> oh it's good I've nearly I've had an hour and a half two hours what are you going to do oh, I'm just going to have Casey Affleck standing in a white shirt pretty much just looking at stuff which you can actually also have done that and get out. It's Casey Affleck and White Sheet. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. chasing bad people out. So that was our top 10. Uh, you get any honourable mentions that weren't in your top 10 that you'd like to? I've got a couple. Um, if we, if we, yeah, if, if I just bring my list up again, if we um, if we thought this through, we should, probably should have threw this in like around about the the halfway mark, so that's so that the our number one oh. spot's got the better uh, better bit of the the jump. But uh, my honourable mentions, I'm going to throw them right out. The Babysitter. Yeah. 
Very good. That's yeah. a fun, fun wee romp. 1922, Stephen King mm-hmm. movie. It was good. Uh, I didn't quite see the twist coming, but I kind of was only I was like 90 percent watching it. But I thought it was a really good, good film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raw, another fright fest one for, again for the hype. I just the, the hype killed it for me. It was hyped too much, and I just couldn't enjoy it. Yeah. I've got a lot of issues with it, mainly being the fact that it's set like in 2016 and it's um, the family go to the diner first and the only vegetarian thing they can eat is mashed potatoes. <laughs> I'm like, like, I don't, I, like, I'll slag off vegans and all, all the rest of it if he's out there. I'm like, fucking, it's a waste of time. But there's a lot of vegetarian and vegan food out there. You don't need to eat mashed potatoes. But uh, other than that, I've also got The Devil's Candy on the honourable mention list because we've seen it the previous Fright uh-huh. Fest and then it obviously hung about in some producers' cupboard for ages before they finally gave it a release mm-hmm. date. Um, it's a fantastic film if you haven't seen it go and see it because that would also mean that you could have put Patchwork in the top still waiting for it yeah. it's on it's available on iTunes to watch oh, you've been telling you me that yeah, it. I need to try uh, and it but yeah I think in future all my top 10s will be just things that I've managed to see that year yeah like so if it, if we've watched things at Fright Fest this year then they'll be in my top 10 this year even if they're not out to next year but like, the Devil's Candy because I watched it in 2016 uh-huh. I can't put it in this uh, list this year so, so the, like next year you're putting new releases that you've seen this year because you yeah can, aye, like, sorry new uh, releases aye um, <laughs> no, I'm not, I can't just like, put up <laughs> Frankenstein <laughs> <laughs> and I also uh, an honourable mention that I'm putting in is Creep 2 do you know what I had it it's number I can't now my last moved about it was number 12 or 13 it didn't make my top 10 because I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one and I had a lot of problems with it but it still is a strong strong movie I, a Netflix original. I had it as not as good as the first one being aware that it was a part of a trilogy so setting up the third one which I think is a not a good thing for a movie to do because no. that means two doesn't sit individual I also I really liked watching the, the TV show The League with Mark Duplass in it so but in this movie, I just feel as if he, he treads the fine line between likeable and douchebag. Like, I'm not uh-huh. entirely sure where he is. He just stands with his fucking wanging out for like 30 seconds and I was like... So I'm surprised it's not your number one. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it is kind of done well. I can't, how did it end? I can't remember how it ends. Did she die? she get away? I can't even remember. Can't remember. Is somebody in the bench gets killed? No, that's the first one. <laughs> oh, it's it's an honourable mention because it is a it's an interesting concept, but it's uh, it didn't meet the top ten. My honourable mentions would also be the babysitter because uh-huh. I didn't expect that to be as fun yeah. as it was. Uh, a bit like uh, what's it called, Deathgasm. Oh yeah, yeah. Just Death disposable, good, good enjoyable, uh, and I actually want to talk about the ghoul. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, it's actually the kind of top end in my top 20 sorry the bottom end in my top 20 but it was another one of those films that stuck with me that made me like try try and work out what actually happened if it was in his head or, or not and I really enjoyed it it was a really really strong film yeah because you gave me a loan of it and we just discussed it before we actually started recording this episode and it is one of those movies that leaves it up to your mind and your decision to what's actually happened and we both Pick the, oppo- uh, yeah, the opposite the opposite from each other so it's a good we definitely recommend that one it's good uh, and I needed to put that in my top 20 just I'll give that I'll give that a mention everything else that's in my top 20 has kind of been talked about yeah apart from Fashionista oh yeah we stayed at Fright Fest and I enjoyed that and it's still not got a release no. I don't think which is a shame because it's a strong film a good cast yeah 
Uh, so yeah, that's our top twenty of two thousand seventeen. I hope you've enjoyed it's it. Not in our top twenty. That, that's an absolute so, lie. It's our top ten. <laughs> two thousand seventeen. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you listen, have your own list. If you agreed with our list, or you have a completely different top ten or top five or just top movie of two thousand seventeen, throw it into the Facebook group and we'll discuss it. Yep. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with our first official show of two thousand eighteen. Like as in not one that we're harking back to old old scabby 2017 fuck you we're now we're moving on and where can you find us Scott? you can find us <laughs> on iTunes and you can find us on SoundCloud and you can find us on Facebook if you just search Scotland Liam versus Evil um, there is a Facebook group search I think you can search specifically in groups you'll also find us on Twitter at Scotland Liam versus and we have an Instagram at Scotland Liam versus Evil a good bunch of us come up in the front page of Google if you search Scott and Liam versus Evil. You'll find us. We're out there. We're waiting for you to interact with us and connect with us. There's like a page of us and then you got a page two and it's like fan fiction. It's some fucking programme. Team Wolf. Scott and Liam is advertised. <laughs> yeah, it's Team Yeah, it's just fan fiction like Liam and Scott just banging in that. Yeah. So write fan fiction about us banging. <laughs> I'm happy to read it. Uh, if, if, if somebody write, writes like a good you know, couple of paragraphs of fan fiction of us banging. We'll read it out in the show. <laughs> We're not going to act out though. That'll come <laughs> for the live stream. <laughs> uh, so this year we've got some a, a few things on the back burner in our heads that we think will be good to slip in. Uh, We're here to talk about the Jaws alternate commentary, yep. which we'd like to get out there. Yep, I'm looking forward to that because I have still I've I've still st- never st- seen Jaws. Staying away from Jaws like a full proper watch just for the alternate commentary, and I think if we do. A live recording as we watch it. I'll spank a bottle of work fast and, and the go, and it'll be hilarious because I'll. It'll be hilarious. And maybe. It'll be a right off. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I won't do that. <laughs> uh, so, a few other things. There's things in planning with the, the guys from Podcast Under the Stairs. Yep. Uh, and just try to make the show bigger and better. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for listening. If you've got any advice on things that you think we should add to the show or take away such as Scott's inability to actually watch <laughs> films uh, just let us know and we, we can we want to make this something that you actually enjoy listening to every week or every two weeks and the group's fucking fun the group's got a lot of interaction yep. we're mixing in with a lot of different podcasts and stuff so Let's just keep it up help us help you help us <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys in a few weeks bye
just emptiness No place like home Just a fucking mess